This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fans. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But, but nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who are I'm you lo- talking I, about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh, oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. This is Xander. I'm Craig WK. And I'm The Glitch. And today we are talking about a, uh, a classic a newer classic, but a classic nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite games, Gears of War for yeah. the Xbox 360. It was developed by Epic Games for the uh, 360, released on November 7th, 2006. This military science fiction third-person shooter features the exploits of Marcus Phoenix as he battles against a race of subterranean humanoids who seek to destroy the human race. That's correct. The Locust. The Locust. Indeed. The weird mole man. Mm-hmm. Yes, this, pretty much. This is the game that uh, made me buy an Xbox 360. Same for me. When was the first time you experienced it? Um, so the first time I'd even heard of the game, I was uh, working at Circuit City at the time. I was part of a team that was going around and like re uh, vamping, I guess, like kind of like reorganizing the stores. Yeah. And I was at the the store at Great Lakes Crossing, I believe. Yeah. Um. And people kept coming up to me all day, like, even though I wasn't in my, my normal, like, Circuit City attire, like, hey, did you guys get Gears of War yet? I'm like, what? Gear? Like, is this, like, a big deal? Because like, the, the shipment was delayed, so we didn't, they didn't end up getting it oh. until later in the day. And people were just asking all day, and people were like, oh, it's supposed to be really good. It's really good. I was like, okay, like, whatever, Gears of War. And then I, like, I eventually got my hands on a copy of it and looked at it. I was like, okay, this looks like your generic whatever. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. And my brother actually got an Xbox 360 before me and bought Gears of War and invited me over to play. And I was like, yeah, I've heard this is supposed to be pretty good. And then the minute I realized your gun had a chainsaw on it, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is this is rad. And so we played almost all the way through the first chapter that day. And I was like, okay, this is this is really good. I'm going to yeah. play more of this. Mm-hmm. So I was I had my PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I kind of was at a mindset in my life where... I think that was about it for video games for me. I was like, I got enough. I got a ton of NES games. I got a good library of all these things. Yeah. I'm not really crazy about, you know, the way games are going. I think I'm set. PlayStation 2, I'm good. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, it would have been July of 2007. Mm-hmm. We're up at my cousin's cabin, and her boyfriend brought his Xbox 360 with him and a copy of Gears of War. Uh-huh. He's like, hey, do you want to play this with me? Didn't he just say it came out in November of 2007? Of 2006. Oh, 2006. 2006. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, you're good. 
Uh, so I was like, all right. I mean, time Xbox 360. I was a time. I got this <laughs> exclusive copy. Um, no. So he, he was like, I was like, I don't even know what an Xbox 360 is. I was completely. I don't even know what an Xbox was at the time because mm-hmm. I literally just like shut down video games. Uh huh. And we were at the scene where you fight the berserker for the first time. Yep. And after that scene, I think I went home the whole time. I was thinking I need to get my hands on an Xbox 360. And I think it was experiencing the whole red ring of death yeah. fiasco at the time. <laughs> yes. And they were having it so you could send in your red ring, red ring of death and get a you know a refurbished copy. Mm-hmm. And so I found this guy on eBay selling them for like 80 bucks because they all had red ring of deaths. And I guess you could only do like one address to send to Microsoft. Uh-huh. So I got my 360 for 80 bucks. I got a hand, my hands on a $40 <laughs> copy of Gears of War. And I had an Xbox 360 and... Because of that, I'm probably still playing games right now. Nice. And also, because I got a 360, my friend who I met in college, uh, we bonded over a 360. We played Gears of War all the time. And so probably without that, I wouldn't even have the best man at my wedding. There you go. That's amazing. And my best friend who comes in from North Carolina twice a year to be at my Marley video game tournaments. Nice. That's amazing. I honestly am kind of the the sort of the outlier here. I was not that into the Gears of War series. Uh, Gears of War 2 I bought, but really only because of Horde mode. Mm-hmm. I thought Horde mode was really sweet. I thought it was a lot of fun. The story mode to Gears of War didn't do much for me. I, I saw it and I was like, okay, it's like creepy mold men. And like, you know, I, I have, you know, Xander. I have the arcade phantom Sean. I have his brother Cody who are like, no, 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 Craig, you don't understand. Like these mole people. They're called the locusts. I'm I like, th- okay, yeah, uh-huh, I, I got I think it. we were more like, no, no, Craig, you don't understand. You got a machine gun. <laughs> with a chainsaw. <laughs> with a chainsaw now, you didn't hype up the plot as much as the others. Because for you, I think, Xander, you had said, you were like, oh, it's okay. You know, it's all right. It, it does the job. But for the others, they were like, no, no, no. Like, they're, they're the books you can buy that are also, like, you know, depicting the story. Uh, no, I, bought, I bought the books. I read the books. You geek. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't it didn't do anything for me, the plot. And, and and in Gears of War One, there is no horde mode. So it didn't do much for me mm-hmm. until later in the series. So so I'm kind of the the devil's advocate here of like, is it that good of a game? But I uh, but no, I mean it's it's incredibly influential, Gears of War and stuff, yeah. and you know, it, it spawned this huge series that's still going today. But I tell you what, let's talk about the gameplay because it's a third-person shooter. That yeah. was weird for this time. So this was uh, the the head game designer was Cliff Blazinski, um, mm-hmm. and he was inspired by he cites three games. Yeah, um, he was inspired by Resident Evil Four. Okay, uh, this is for the action and the third-person kind of over-the-shoulder view. Yeah, uh, Kill Switch for its tactical cover, okay. and then he also throws in the original Bionic Commando for the whole like you can't like jump, so you're constantly like hiding for cover. So it's uh, okay. You know, kill switch by a commando for the whole cover system. Yeah, interesting. And that's kind of the the basis of it. You know, like strip everything else away, you have those those elements, and that's kind of what makes Gears of War what it is. Um, it's every you you can walk through a hallway, and you're like everything's going to be fine here. But as soon as you walk up and you see like Chester or like Chest waist high walls. walls, you're like, oh, <laughs> it's gonna yeah, something's gonna happen here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they started developing this game in 2002. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, it was originally going to be a class-based multiplayer shooter. Weird. Kind of similar. And they were going to name it uh, Unreal Warfare because Epic at the time were doing amazing things with Unreal Tournament. Yeah. And they had made the whole Unreal Engine. They just finished making Unreal Engine 2 and they wanted to slap a game onto it. Um, some things kind of fell behind. They ended up using most of the assets uh, to make um, Unreal 
tournament in 2004. Oh. And they ended up scrapping most of it. The idea ended up changing. That's when you said uh, Klippolinski kind of did all that, you know, I want a third-person shooter. I see that more uh, campaign-based games are, mm-hmm. are being done with Call of Duty. So they just finished making the Unreal Engine 3, and then they wanted to put a game with it. Xbox was looking for something to mm-hmm. throw on the 360, and then, you know, the rest of this history. I mean, they, they kind of struck a gold mine there because the Gears of War series definitely was insanely popular. And it's still, of course, selling, I, I, what is it, Gears of War 4 is is the most recent one? Yep, and Gears of War 5 comes out later this year. Yeah, That's you were right. literally yeah, was, just playing the beta for 5 yep. this weekend. Yes, I was. Really? And after we leave here, I'll probably go home and play a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's up this weekend and next weekend at the time of this recording. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Did you know the chainsaw actually almost got taken out of the game? I didn't. Really? You didn't know that? Mm-mm. So I guess right before their 2006 E3 presentation, uh, Xbox executive Peter Moore was like, this is just too gory. Like this, you know, you can't have <laughs> this kind of like evil dead chainsaw nah, guy you coming need it. through. <laughs> um, so he almost pulled it and they, they, they tried so hard to keep it in. Later, uh, after the presentation, Bill Gates had told Belinsky. Blazinski. Belinsky. Blinsky? Blizz. Blizz. Insky. Oh, there is. Yeah, Blizzinski. It's like, a, yeah, it's a really weird spelling Blizzinski? name. See, I keep thinking of uh, Honey, I Shrink the Kids and their neighbor. What's the Zelinskis? <laughs> uh, he told him after, the, Bill Gates told him, I love that chainsaw. That's one of the best things. Bill Gates kept it in. Oh, yeah. Now, let's. Well, he didn't help keep it in, but he told him afterwards, right, like, yeah. that's a great yeah, thing. Yeah, and there's, the there's no better thing. Like, hey, we should take this chainsaw. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bill Gates said he loved the chainsaw. <laughs> now let's talk about that. We, we've mentioned it a few times. So, so typically in in like World War One combat and stuff, you know, you mm-hmm. have a rifle and it has a bayonet, and the bayonet is for when you're out of ammunition and it's used to stab your enemy. You mm-hmm. know, and so for our listeners who are maybe unfamiliar with Gears of War, it's a machine gun. But at the end of the the machine gun's like barrel is not a, a you know like a little like knife. It's a whole chainsaw. It's insane. It's amazing. It's honestly, that was probably one of the reasons why I was a little more receptive to the game when like Gears of War 2 was ro- like rolling around mm-hmm. and I was interested in the game, you know, to, to play it that way is because it was just like, oh, oh, Lord, it's it's just a chainsaw at the end of it. And it's so, it, it, I mean, he's right, though. It is super gory. It's just like blood's flying everywhere. It's almost like just disgustingly visceral but still somehow so satisfying. Slimy yet satisfying, right? <laughs> now, do you guys know, this is the book nerd coming out, do you guys know the, the in-lore reason why there's chainsaws on the guns? Because they look cool? Nope. Uh, I don't. And, and what game character is, is credited for uh, for the creation of it? I'm going to guess Baird is nope. nope. So during So before E-Day, which is when the, the locusts come out of emergence the ground. Day or yeah, emergence Day. Yeah, Emergence Day. They were in the midst of the Pendulum Wars. Uh, which was between um, the 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 cog, the coalition of of ordered governments, and the well, I can't remember what, the UIR, which was like an independent kind of faction. So it okay. was humans versus humans. Okay. And they had the lancers, uh, which are the machine guns, uh-huh. uh, with regular knife bayonets. That's why in Gears of War three and later you have those those weapons that have insanely bad accuracy and in, in bayonets on the on tip. They're called oh. retro lancers. Okay. Um, so they had those with the knives because, you know, you're fighting humans. That's no big deal. Sure. But when the, the grubs came up, the locust, they 
didn't work on him as well. And they like they would try try to slash him, but because their skin was so tough, uh-huh. it didn't do anything. Okay. So they're uh, going through like a, an abandoned or broken down store, like a hardware store. And Ty Kaliso, who is uh, he's in Gears of War two. He's the yeah. the tribal. He's got the tribal tattoo. Um, he finds he finds this little like handheld saw and just like grabs it and puts it on or like attacks. Sorry, I just bumped the table. <laughs> just like doing the lancer motion, uh-huh. attacks one of the locusts and it cuts right through. And he's like, "We should probably put this on the tip of our like let's make this our new bayonets and like attached it and so it kind okay. of it went from there. So afterwards, Baird may have had a hand in to, had had a hand in making it, but that's the the origin of it in that's as far cool. as the uh, the lore in the Karen Travis novels. Nerd, you're not wrong. Nerd, I. Yeah, so so let's uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the you know we we've talked about the gameplay and all those chest high walls. We've mm-hmm. talked about the chainsaw bayonet, which honestly, a majority of my notes it just says chainsaw bayonet. There's nothing after. It's just like it's that. Those are my notes, basically. Um, I mean, if you're trying to do the 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 elevator pitch sell to somebody, that's what it is. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a third person shooter, a third person tactical cover shooter where your chainsaw has a uh, or your gun has a chainsaw. No, you it. were right. Your chainsaw has a gun attached yes, to it. Exactly. <laughs> well, I do want to say so. Yeah, you do have four weapon slot, so you have two you primary do. weapons. Oh yeah, yeah. Was, this was one of the first games that used the D pad for changing weapons, and I think it has worked really well. Well, it's it's this. very comfortable yeah. to yes. just be able to because you know in a lot of older games you're you're going through the shoulder buttons and it's cycling through and you're like oh I missed it yeah let me cycle again you know yeah sorry but continue mm-hmm. you had a pistol and then you also had grenades. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I'm trying to think of what weapons were available in this game. So there was the re- the lancer. So you had the the lancer. You the had the Nasher. Nasher shotgun. You had the hammer burst rifle. You had the long shot rifle. Yep. You had uh, the torque bow, the boom shot, the snub pistol, the <laughs> boltock pistol, smoke grenades, and frag grenades. Okay. Yep. Well done. Yeah. Good job. I'll, I'll, I think that was all off memory. What right. Were you, yeah. What were your favorites? Uh, I mean, the shotgun's essential. You need to have. That there's, I feel like that's only really essential in multiplayer. And did you use uh, was that essential for you in the in the campaign? Um, it depends on what difficulty I was playing. So I was always long shot, yeah. I long shot's good. Beetle. It was long shot, lancer, boltock, of course, because boltock's yeah, the best Bolta- pistol. Boltock is, is a, just a really strong pistol that can also score like head exploding headshots. So the I guess pistol can sometimes, depending on what game you're playing. But yeah, it's it's a weaker version. So I guess it. if you if you had the boltock, you really didn't need the long shot. Yeah, I just love getting those long range. Yeah, the boltock gave you the opportunity. Like, it was like a handheld sniper. It was pretty rad. You just didn't have you couldn't see as far, but if you could kind of if you could just use the the in game scopes, you were pretty deadly with it. And they also nice. introduced active reload in this. Yes, game. active reload. That's a oh, huge thing. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So so explain for our listeners what the heck active reload is. So active reload. So up in the top right corner of, of the game, you see your your weapon and your ammunition. And when you're when you're out of ammunition, you can hit the reload button, and a and a small meter shows up. And a, at some point on that meter, depending on what weapon it is, there's like a blip in the line. And if mm-hmm. you hit the reload button again right at that time, you do a quick reload, and your bullets are stronger. That's right. Yeah. If but were, if you miss, your gun is jammed and it takes you a little bit longer to get your. If you were too going. early, it was just a regular reload. But yeah, if you were late, if, yeah. that's when you suffered the the bad reload. Mm-hmm. And that is a pretty interesting mechanic to add a little bit more action and and you know one more thing to kind of keep in mind while you're you know playing and everything. So some things that I played this game like a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I wanted to see if the online was still even available. People are still playing this online. Oh yeah, really. Um, 
I forget there are some clunky things that they improved in the later games that it just I may have just escaped my mind. Mm-hmm. You can't sprint forever. Yeah. So in this game, you have like seven or eight steps, and then you stop. Oh. Um, another thing is when you get downed, you can't crawl. Yeah. You're stationary, so your buddy has to come to you. You can't crawl undercover oh, yeah, or anything like that. That's one of the other the, the other things that this game introduced was the idea of executing your enemy. So you could shoot them and with enough damage, and they would fall to, the, to their knees, and then you could walk up and and just curb stop them. <laughs> Yikes. Like that was the big <laughs> big thing in that one was you just like knocked them down and then just stomped their head and destroyed it. I can't remember in this one, could you also, if you were downed and you knew you were about to be murdered? Nope. That was in, I think that was introduced in three. Maybe two or three. I know it's in two. So yeah. you could drop one drop of your a grenades yep. and kill both of you guys. But you had to have a grenade <laughs> equipped when you yeah. got down, which, yeah. was the, which was the really tricky part. I, I, I remember pulling that off, I think, in Gears of War 2 a few times. So, so. I, have, I have a question for you, Craig. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So you're down mm-hmm. okay and your 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 partner comes and picks you up and all he does is just places his hand on his back and you're good you're good to go uh-huh so does that mean that all cogs were like clerics or wizards i mean it, it, well, it, it wouldn't be wizard it wouldn't be wizard because they they you know they're way too tanky yeah uh they they wouldn't I mean, they could be clerics. Clerics can be fairly tanky, but more likely, I would say they'd have to be paladins because paladins have lay on hands, which is a D and D and D ability where okay. you can heal, and you're also a uh, warrior. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're paladins. I would say. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was curious about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, uh, in this game, you guys uh, had told me before we started recording, it was grinders were in two, right? Yeah. So they so for the locust, you had a couple different enemies. Um, in Gears of War 1, you had the wretches, which were the little, like, monkey things that would run around and just, like, screech as they came on. Oh, yeah, those That were kind weird. of alerted others, like, oh, hey, there's there's stuff here, and they would mm-hmm. just jump at you and slash. They were your regular, just locust grubs who were your, like, they looked like standard your dudes, but, yeah, your standard mole men. Uh, then you had the boomers, who were the, the big, slow, boom. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Love that! I love that voice. Yeah, the, the, in, in like it's always so menacing because like you'd be playing and in the distance you'd hear boom, and it's like oh, oh no. god, we gotta run! <laughs> oh no! Um, Get out of the way! Hurry! <laughs> there were corpsers, which were the uh, if you remember in the yeah. uh, like commercial advertisements for this game, it was like a giant like spider looking thing. Oh yeah, had like a really creepy kind of skull type face with like the six legs that came over its head. Yeah. So the uh, and they could just like kind of cover themselves up and then like open up to spit right. out. Uh, were they reavers? Were the the things that was fool you? Yep, there yep. was uh, seekers. Right? Did you say seekers? So seekers were the things that you had always get with the the hammer down. I thought those were the corpsers. The things that would just come out of the ground. The corpsers were the, like the yeah the tarantula type things that walked yeah. on the ground. No, the seekers were the ones that just came out of the ground. Hmm. Hmm. I'm those were the ones on. that always interfered with, like, uh, I could have swore those were also cor- called corpsers. But anyway, we can look that up later. <laughs> or Craig will look it up now. Uh, yeah, just so Gears of War corpsers. Thanks for being researchers, as Tony and I argue. <laughs> I, yes, absolutely. Uh, as far as that goes, uh, uh, the what other enemies were there in the game? There was the uh, Berserkers. Yeah. My love for you was like a truck berserker. That was, I was so happy when that was the name of one yeah, of the achievements. Yeah, that was the achievement. I think uh, you had to be on like harder, insane like difficulty. That, yeah. And that's the achievement you got. That's amazing. And, and that's, of course, a reference to Clerks, the movie, yes. right? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the uh, Corpser is the, yeah, the creepy spidery looking guy. And uh, you said Seeker was another one? Yeah. Uh, I. 
As far as that goes, Seeker is not bringing up anything except for random pictures of soldiers and right, well, war, so I'm just crazy. Looks yeah. like uh, you crazy. I'm just yeah, crazy. There were just like very large, there was like smaller corpses that you would like fight as a boss fight, and then there were like gigantic ones that would pop out of the ground, and you had to hit them with the Hammer of Dawn. And the Hammer of Dawn was just a saddle. Oh, that was the other weapon that we didn't name earlier. Oh, yeah. Uh, was it just a uh, satellite gun, yeah, essentially? Yeah, that's what it's called. It always reminded me of the uh, satellite in Akira, mm-hmm. the crazy laser satellite. Yep, that's essentially you just like kind of <laughs> aimed where it was, and just a satellite came came down and destroyed. And they would say, uh, "Oh, it's interfering. You can't you can't use it now, or you're out of range of the satellites, or whatever." That was their way of like not giving you a god gun through the entire game. <laughs> it basically is. I mean, it's just a a satellite laser that just obliterates everything. Mm-hmm. That was pretty sweet. I. Uh, so yeah, the uh, and it, are those the only monsters then? Because I mean, I, I remember Gears of War two better. There were Theron guards later on. Those are the guys that had the torque bow. Oh. I, hate, I hated those guys so much. And what yeah, were they, they called again? Theron guards. T H E R O N. Theron guards. Okay. They had like the creepy masks and almost like robe like armor. Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember them. Yeah, they were. I did like that weapon though. The yeah, weird the torque bow. bow. The torque bow is sweet. <laughs> what an interesting thing to throw into a, a shooter is hey. It reminded me almost of like Turok, where it's like, hey, how about a bow and arrow that doesn't stink? Yeah, a bow and arrow that uh, shoots explosive darts. Yeah, exactly. So they were called cedars. I was wrong. Oh, cedars. Cedars. Those were the ones that came out of the ground and you had to hit the. I'd have to see a picture because they have to. Oh. Oh, yeah. They they do kind of look like corpses, which is what. Spider like. Yeah, they're very similar. Yeah, and they've got the spike. Yeah, okay. Yep. So cedars are the other things. That's right. Okay, so there's a fair amount of enemies yeah. in uh, uh, Gears of War 1, even. Uh, now, maybe I'm thinking of a different game, but isn't there something in Gears of War that that raises the dead? Uh, that's in Gears of War 2. That's Two, the, that's okay. The, that's the Cantus. Cantus, okay. I, I thought there was something that raised the dead, but I didn't know if it was in 1 or not. Yeah, he it, made the Therons look like a lot easier. Yeah, so I if you think... He did the Cantus. So if you think of the, the Theron guards as just like... Uh, clergy if you will uh-huh. this is like the cantus is like also in that but it's like a step above so they would be like bishops or something like they're just like yeah yeah a step uh, up held the higher authority and then there was in the second game there was scourge who was like the head cantus now we haven't talked a ton about the plot of the game uh yeah so so, so yeah like run run our listeners through sort of the story because to me it's basically just the human race is almost wiped out we're gonna try one last pushback yeah so the i mean the first game I, I feel like they really just kind of made a bare-bones story that they were able to build on later on in the books and mm-hmm. in the in the additional games. You find out more about, like, why they were there as opposed to just, like, here's this game, this is good versus evil, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have the, the humans who, like we said, were fighting their own wars. You kept you would keep hearing something about the Pendulum Wars throughout the storyline. Um, and then Emergence Day happened, and they just burst out of the ground and were just killing people, trying to take over the, the surface level. Yeah. Um, you later find out that there was something called emulsion underground, which is like almost like this kind of lava thing that was infecting the locust. And so they were it was almost like they were fighting against themselves like they were they called were called lambent. So like they were glowing and they had just, they were just like overcome with this emulsion mm-hmm. um, and they were fighting against one another. And when they were starting to get run out by the lambent, they had to make their way to the surface. And then they knew that there wasn't going to be this harmonious kind of lifestyle so they started attacking humans, and they fought back. And okay, so there's all kinds of uh, just. I mean, in two, you find out more about how they can kind of fight back. They think that they 
there's they find out that there's these tunnels underground in the first one and they're going to blow up this bomb and it's going to eradicate all the all the locusts and everything's going to be great but they don't realize that that actually pisses them off more and <laughs> so again it's 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 knowing the story as as well as i think i do it's hard to remember where it ends on in one two and three so right. I'm, if i'm going too far i apologize but it's but just that's no, about the gist the original it. three games are really good judgment kind of sucks four is decent it's not what i wanted mm-hmm. like as, as far as i was concerned when they were done with three i was like we can be done we don't need any more this the three was a masterpiece yeah we don't need any more. I mean, that's kind of how they set it up, too. Like, yeah. I feel like they were in that same mindset, like, we're just done. But then, you know, yeah, money then, drives. Exactly. Microsoft like, hey, we can make some money. We got a new system. We need to sell these Xboxes because everyone's buying PlayStation 4 now. We need <laughs> Yeah. Um, but so this game starts 14 years after E-Day, right? Something like that, yeah. Um, and uh, Marcus is in jail. Yeah. Marcus Phoenix is your main character, voiced by... Anybody know? It's John DiMaggio. That's correct. Yeah, it is. The it's voice of Bender. The voice of Bender, Bending Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, he does a whole bunch of of voice roles, and he's an amazing voice actor. Yeah, he does a he does a handful of voices in this game. Um, oh, really? He yeah, does more he's, than he's, a, he's like a prisoner later on in the game. Like me, just a, and yeah, you can you can eventually kind of if you listen to John DiMaggio enough, you eventually pick up on like his little slight voice mannerisms. You're like, yeah. oh, that, that's definitely John DiMaggio. <laughs> that's uh, great. Your partner breaks you out, Dominic yep. Santiago. Yep. Uh, uh, who I don't know who who is voice who did the voice for him. I actually didn't look that one up. I, I don't mean, think it was anybody as big as John DiMaggio. Yeah, like John DiMaggio is kind of a pull. The guy who does the voice for Damon Baird uh, is um, why am I drawing a blank on his name now? I literally had it. I'm so upset. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. What's the the Damon Baird? The is, character is Damon Baird. Yes. I can look that up while you I want to say it's, it starts with an F. His last name starts with an F, and I'm just drawing. Well, there's a there's Augustus Cole too. Yep. Who is uh, voiced by Cole Sprouse? Lester Sprite. Lester Sprite. Sprite. Yep. Yeah. Cole Sprouse is from Big Daddy, the kid. Wow. But uh, I'm thinking Cole. Like that was his name, Augustus Cole. The uh, Augustus Cole was. Do you guys remember who Lester Sprite played in uh, the Reebok commercials? I don't. The, huh? He did the Terry, Terry Tate, Tate, the office linebacker. Office linebacker. I always get him confused with uh, Terry Crews. <laughs> I mean, they have a similar build, yeah, so I, I can see that. But yeah, less. I mean, essentially, if they were ever to make a live action movie of this, yeah, he could play himself. Oh, exactly. He's yeah. just just built. But yeah, the Terry Tate office linebacker. So commercials. Good. Oh man, they were they were the best. Fred um, Tatasciore. Yes, Fred Tatasciore plays is, Damon uh, Baird. Damon Baird. I just looked it up. He's uh he's got a really he's uh, he's got a yeah. There's a lot of voices that you may not realize are, are him, but yeah, he's he's another good one. We can go through the rest of the cast. So there's yeah. uh Lieutenant Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, Colonel Hoffman. Yep. There's Anya, who doesn't. I mean, she's just uh a little, yeah, she does Stroud. a little cameo at the beginning, and you just hear uh through the rest. Anthony Carmine. Yep. Uh, who probably I think, my favorite I think is character. Uh, Ian Zander's favorite character. Yep. Um, who is voiced by Michael Grout, who is the voice of Raphael in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. That's not right. That's not right. That's what it said. Maybe a different Raphael? Maybe it was. Because uh, Raphael in the original uh, cartoon was um, uh, Rob Paulson. No, it's yeah. Donatello. So maybe it, maybe it was. Look up Michael. Uh, no, Donat- sorry, Donatello. He, <laughs> Rob Paulson was Raphael in the original, and then in the 2012 reboot, he was Donatello. So it's Michael... Uh, G O U G H. 
Unless I spelled that wrong. Could do a lot of Googling in this episode. Yeah, there, there really is I mean, all these different uh, voice actors and make stuff. Sure it's right. Uh, you're not wrong. Also, I found out John DiMaggio uh, voices one of my favorite characters in almost any cartoon. He's the Scotsman in uh, Samurai Jack. Oh, nice. Which is just amazing. He's also oh. Jake the Dog in Adventure Time. Oh, yeah, he is. Yes, yep, he is. That's another one I really love. Uh, so we're looking up the looking original. Up Turtles. See what he did. Okay, I could have sworn they said something about him doing Raphael. What are you looking at? We can talk about Anthony Carmine. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He was Raphael in the final season following Rob Paulson's departure from the role. There we go. Gotcha. So he was the replacement uh, Raphael. Gotcha. Uh, what were you saying, though? Anthony Carmine. Yes. Uh, so he is... Anthony Carmine is your uh, your fourth Right, like you play, you play as Dom and, and Marcus to start, and you walk a little ways, and you eventually uh, get brought in with some other folks. It's and you Kim have, and Carmine. Yeah, Kim and Carmine. That's right. Yep. So Lieutenant Kim, who is around for a little while, and then Anthony Carmine, who has has a helmet on, and you never see his nope, face. You never see his face. Oh, that's right. Um, oh, I forgot about Carmine. Yep. And then they say they say at one point, he's like, they're like, why are you still wearing the helmet? He goes, I just feel like it's it's better protection. It's like, yeah, but you can't see snipers. And he's like, oh, no, it's, 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 it's good. It's good. And uh, so Carmine is actually a color of red. And they essentially made oh. him. There's three characters in the game that their names are a type of red. And essentially it's, a, it's an homage to the red shirts in Star Trek. The, but essentially a character who's destined to die. Yeah. So Carmine. There's a, a couple sniping points and you're like, oh, sh- here's Carmine's going down. And, uh, and he never does. And then at one point it's like... Uh, Almost at the end of the first chapter, yeah, his gun is jammed, and he's and his and he like goes to take a look at it. The barrel's pointing right at his face. Oh no! And then he gets sniped. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're thinking the entire time this gun's gonna go off in his face, but no, he gets he gets sniped from a distance. And then there's the oh, Carmine man. family who, yep. you know, they appear in the second and third. Yeah. So in the second game, uh, and we can we'll probably touch on this if uh, as because Gears of War just recently came as is our territory in the last two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Gears of War 2, you uh, have a rookie who you're kind of, like, he's he's the way of, like, showing you the ropes in the game. Uh-huh. Um, and so you have Benjamin Carmine. And he later gets killed. Yeah, I, think his, I think his death is the best one. Because he gets eaten up. Yeah. In the underground. And there's, I, I loved his. And then, and the, the thing about the Carmines, The thing about the Carmines is they're so fascinated with uh, uh, Phoenix, too. They like, they're like, oh them. man, you're the one who fought in, uh, in uh, Astro Fields or whatever. Yeah, Astro yeah. Fields. Astro yep. Fields, yeah. So they're just always like looking up to Phoenix. And then uh, the third one, Clayton The third Carmine. one, yeah. You get into, so before the game comes out, you're introduced to Clayton Carmine, who the other two Carmines are like small dudes in their armor. You can tell it's like a little bit loose on them. Uh-huh. Like, just, and, but Clayton is ripped. Like he he doesn't have sleeves on his armor. He's just like muscles. He's got Tattoos, a giant tattoo yeah. that says "Grub Killer" on it. Oh, nice! Like and the first picture that you see, he's holding one of those uh, like the grinder guns from Gears of War Two, just like the minimum the, the, the portable mini guns. Uh-huh. He's holding one of those in one arm and a locust by the throat in the other. <laughs> and you're like, this Man. this is the third Carmine brother, Clayton. Car- so Anthony Benjamin Carmine or Clayton ABC. ABC. I get it. Uh, and you're like, holy crap, this guy's gonna be awesome. And then they put it to a vote, like, is Carmine is this Carmine going to live or die? Oh, that's right. They yeah, you did. participated in this. I participated twice. Because <laughs> you could buy um uh Carmine Must Die shirts. They're just red blood red with the black letters Carmine Must Die. Or you could buy the baby blue save Carmine shirts and white white text. <laughs> and you could buy it for your Xbox avatar and you could buy it IRL. 
I bought both because I wanted two votes for Carmine to die. There's no reason why he should have lived in the third game. No reason. And they played with you the entire time because they didn't tell you it was all going to be based on how the shirt sold. Uh-huh. Um, and so there's a couple times like a sniper rifle goes off and it hits Carmine in the helmet and just dings off. You're like, oh, that was, you know, is that when he was going to die or whatever? Uh-huh. And then at the end of Gears 3, his helicopter goes down, his Raven helicopter. Uh-huh. And you just, you don't know what's happening. And then right at the end of the game, you see his helmet laying on the beach. And then he walks over and picks it up, puts it on. And, and so he lives. He lives. He lives. Yeah, much to the chagrin of myself and Cliff Blazinski. Wanted him to, he, he wanted him to die, but someone like it was like out of his hands, like, no, we need to put it to a vote. And he was oh, not happy about it. Man. So they eventually made a uh, a little short of like they released how he was going to die, and it was a joke, like he was in the bathtub and a toaster fell. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> oh man. So disappointing. I think that would have been more disappointing actually, and I think about it. Yeah, I think they just they would have done it just that as way. a joke. Yeah. I do remember they used to do this, like, uh, they did a bit, I think it was, before the second one came out, Carmine trying to get insurance. No. Was that the third one? I, I don't remember those. Yeah, so it was like a little thing that Xbox did, it was a little cameo. He, It's a Carmine coming to get insur- life insurance. Oh, now I do remember that, And he's yes. like, the guy's like not wanting to shake his hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, I tell you what, uh, uh, Glitch, is there any uh, speedrun info or uh, Glitch information you have on this So, I, I had a couple things. Actually, I wanted to ask Xander, oh, yeah. and, and you, Craig, uh, what was your favorite levels? I never owned Gears One, so I, I don't really know. Like for multiplayer or uh, in the campaign? In the campaign, um, I really liked the f- fight with General Rom, like the train the at final, the end with the, the krill. Fight, yeah. Oh, I remember watching you play that. Yeah, and the krill is another enemy that we technically didn't talk about. It was like they were like these ravenous bats that would like come down and eat you essentially if you were in the dark. <laughs> so the only <laughs> way you could get by was like staying in the light. Um, yeah, I liked that. The cool fight. thing about that fight, and I remember, um, if you beat the game, you could change your difficulty to insane, and all you had to do was just beat that boss fight, and you got the insane yep. uh, achievement. Um, mine was Berserker. I loved the Berserker yeah. fight. It was the first one, and I also liked where uh, mm-hmm. you're in that hallway, and the wretches are coming at you like full force. Mm-hmm. You just chainsaw yeah. the entire <laughs> way. That's pretty rad. Um, I didn't love the vehicle section that's like halfway through the game. No, I don't like that either. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of that even in like years two, uh, like all the vehicle levels. Mm-hmm. I just was kind of like, eh. So the game ended up winning over 30 Game of the Year awards in 2006. Wow. It sold 3 million copies in three months, and it surpassed uh, Halo 2, I believe, at the time. Oh, um, wow. It grossed over $100 million. It was the, mm-hmm. uh, the second most played uh, game on Xbox Live in 2007. Yep. I think just the behind Halo most 2. Behind, yep, Halo. Uh, and uh, IGN, Metacritic, they all gave it like 9.4 or 9.5s. Wow. Um, so some glitches. There's one that was very popular in multiplayer. It was the Kung Fu Black Flip. Did you ever experience people who used this? Uh, it's been so long. So I remember you would go into a multiplayer game, and mm-hmm. sure enough, some guy's out of bounds, like in a field, you can't shoot him, and he's sniping you. <laughs> Really? And they did it on this thing called Kung Fu Backflip. You would go up against a wall, and you had to have a melee weapon, so the Nasher or the pistol mm-hmm. equipped. Uh-huh. And you would press forward to jump over the wall, but as you're about to jump, you hold back and do a melee. Then you could roll, and it would essentially flip the character in the air. And you could get onto like beams, <laughs> or you could jump over walls, barriers you weren't supposed to jump over. <laughs> right. And that's what? how you did that. That's I'm, ridiculous. I remember there was the the... Multiplayer level, I believe it was called Raven Down or Subway, one of the two, um, where it was like you could go down into a subway, but there was also like a crashed helicopter mm-hmm. in the middle, and you could glitch out of bounds, and then you could snipe anybody. 
and it would just like yeah. made the game not fun. If you were on that level, it's like okay, someone's gonna go out of bounds with a sniper rifle and just kill everybody. Yeah, yeah that's lame. The world record is held by Flurby. Flurby. Yeah, that's okay. a great name. Uh, he does it in an hour thirty seven minutes and thirty nine seconds. Uh, they utilize one glitch to skip an area uh, and go out of bounds in Act 3-4, uh, Darkness Before Dawn. It's a little bit before the corpser fight. You can mm. essentially skip that entire part and go right to the corpser fight by jumping out of bounds and going a certain way in the oh. darkness. So that's, that's how they do that. That's really the only major glitch they do to kind of like skip. Yeah. Skip anything. Other than like essentially just like knowing, oh, I don't have to fight these enemies and I can just run to the checkpoint. Or he also like kind of pushes the NPCs in a way so they get closer to like buttons they have to push. Mm, interesting. Now before uh, I start, you know, having a chat about the music, is there any uh, other things that you guys wanted to talk about first? I've got two other things I want to touch on real yeah. quick. Uh, and one leads into the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the multiplayer. Uh, it's, multiplayer was a ton of fun and it, they had, uh, it was five on five mm-hmm. and they had modes um, just like Warzone, which was just like you know, kill whoever you want and however however you want until the other team's out of people. So sure. it was a, always a five out of five. There was execution, which was the same idea, except you had to down the enemies and you had to walk up and execute them to get the, get the kill. So it gave your, your teammates a chance to walk up and revive. Oh, yeah. They eventually brought up um, King of the Hill, which I think they called Annex at the time, where you had to, like, a certain weapon would be the, the point and you had to just go and destroy everything. Uh, kill everybody that was there so that you could be remain on that point and protect the point until... Somebody takes up. you down or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and that actually that game mode is what brought in uh, my probably my call for Gears of War, which is I regret nothing. Uh huh. Because the rule of, of of King of the Hill for me and my my uh, brother in law John was when you would go to the the hill where people were in there, throw a smoke grenade, and then run in with your chainsaw revved. <laughs> and as you did it, you had to scream, "I regret nothing." <laughs> So we would just do that all the time, and like the online community was like, "Oh, that's the the, the noob move is to have your lancer out and, and chainsaw somebody." But it's yeah. so satisfying; you still do it when you get the chance. Yeah, anytime you would chainsaw someone in, in multiplayer, like, oh man, what are you doing? Noobs. It's like it's chainsaw. like almost like the ultimate sign of disrespect. Yeah. Like if you can sneak up on <laughs> somebody was, and get a lancer, it's like this is how the, dumb you are. That was the teabagging of the yeah. Gears of War community. Yeah, but it didn't feel like teabagging. And that was the thing. Like it was because you're like, I was dumb. I totally deserve to get chainsaw. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing is like the the teabagging thing is like, you know, you're you're already dead. It's mm-hmm. that's disrespectful. But if you got hit with a chainsaw because you didn't hear the yeah, you know, coming up down the or down the road or whatever, it's kind of on you. Yeah, because the thing with the chainsaw is you had to hit the button. There was the quick like rev up and then you had to like walk towards somebody. So you, and you can knock them out of it, too. Like if you get shot, it drops your get your machine gun and you're right. just kind of helpless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the multiplayer was, was a ton of fun mm-hmm. and it actually leads to one of my favorite moments in video game, like online gaming history. Yeah. And I'm going to remind you, the listeners, that this is a mature rated game. So this story has a hint of maturity to it or immaturity, if you will. <laughs> uh-huh. And I probably won't edit it when it comes time to tell the story. It's not any, any major curse words, just it's, you'll know it when you hear it, but to, to, to take this out would yeah. be to completely ruin the point of the story, and I may as well just not even tell it. Okay, go on. So we're playing Execution. We're mm-hmm. playing on the, the mansion level. And we are just, it's it's a first to five points. I should also mention that as Execution. So the first team to knock the other team out five times wins total. And we're just getting our butts handed to us the entire yeah. time. And we finally kind of make a little bit of a comeback, and it comes down to four on four. Like, it's four points to four points. We're at the final game. Uh-huh. And... 
immediately the other team wipes us out. It's like me and one other dude, and that's all that's left, and I get taken out pretty quick. And there are still four people on the other team. Uh-huh. And this guy out over the headset's like, what are you guys doing? Like, how'd you guys get killed so fast? I'm high and drunk, and I'm, and I'm still alive. What's happening? And then this guy goes on a murder streak and yeah. kills the entire other team, laughing maniacally as he does it. <laughs> and I will never forget this. Like, this, this next line has made it into so many other things that I do because it's so good. He kills the last guy, and, and at the end of the game, so you're only team chat while you're in the game, but as soon as the game is done, you can just trash talk each other all you want until the, like, the mode ends. And the guy's like laughing as he gets the final kill, and it cuts into this, this whole, you know, the whole team with 10 on 10 lobby, or 5 on 5 lobby, and the guy's just laughing and goes, I'm high and drunk, and I killed all of you. <laughs> I've got a boner for murder. <laughs> that, that line has been yelled by Xander and all of our friends for a very long time. This is my favorite oh. Gears of War story ever. And oh, I, in, God. in Guitar Hero, my band name is always Boner for Murder with Umlauts. Because in honor of that guy whose name I don't even remember. I hope he changed his uh, gamer tag. He probably that. forgot by the next morning, but that line has stuck with me for the past, I don't know, 10 years. If he only knew <laughs> oh, the impact on Xander's right? life. <laughs> oh my lord, that's amazing. But I, that's all I got for the game. <laughs> there's no way to top that, so let's there just really go ahead. There really isn't. Let's go ahead and listen to one of our sponsors, and then we'll get into the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month, plus a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! So the music for this game is a lot like we talked about Halo a while ago, I yeah. think, or what game was it? Halo, that, I think, yeah. Yeah, where the music is not necessarily something I would listen to so much outside of playing Gears of War, but when you're in Gears of War, it's pretty great. Yeah, it was composed by Kevin uh, Rip, uh, Ripple, I think is what his uh, name is pronounced, R-I-E-P-L. Sounds right. <clears throat> he worked on the Unreal Tournament series. Uh, that's where he got a lot of his popularity. He's also done some like animated Batman movies. Uh, he did the uh, uh, some cartoons like the Justice League action show, mm -hmm. which came out of uh, at this point I think around 2006, a few years ago. I think around 2016. Uh, now let's go ahead and listen to a, a few of the uh, tracks here. So the first one up we have is 14 years after E Day. Uh, so let's go ahead and give it a listen.
I'm not gonna lie, I kept expecting something else to pop no, up. So the, the interesting thing with this game is like like we said, uh, Cliff Lazinski was really inspired by Resident Evil 4 and just the creepiness of the game. And it was supposed to be like originally it was going to be more of a horror centric kind of game. And that's obvious by just like the creepy monsters and oh, like yeah. the the darkness and all that. But that that song kind of plays through the menus. It plays uh it was just like random story points, but that just that eerie the undertone, just the the low with the like the creepy kind of like bugle kind of yeah. sound to it. I know that Cliff Walensky. Did I say that right? That time? close enough. Okay. We, we know what you're saying. I'm screwing up. Cliff. Yeah. Cliff was uh, a. It's like it's like the words uh, <laughs> prefixed and backsit. You just uh, you have a hard time saying them. I know that he was kind of inspired by the song Mad World, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was used in the original Gears of War trailer. Yeah. So it kind of has that ambient like sound to it. It's a very mm-hmm. dark and mellow song. So I can kind of hear like the little bit of influence in that song we just yeah. played. And it's what not a very exciting song, and I think that's kind of what you were getting as you kept yeah. waiting for it to pick up. But that, like, when I hear that, I'm like immediately like transported, like this is Gears of War. Interesting. Like uh, more than probably many of the other songs, and we're gonna play a couple others, but that one, it, like, I would hear that and I would just immediately like, okay, that that's definitely Gears of War. Just that the creepy kind of bugle sound, just it's it's unsettling, is what. Oh it yeah, is. it absolutely is. And even this uh, next song is is a little on the. Uh, uh, creepier side. We're going to listen to Trainwreck, the Locust theme. Uh, let's give it a listen. Exciting, and a lot, a lot of that creepy factor. It's a lot more menacing. Like you actually have this feel of terror when you hear that. Yeah, I feel like I'm running for my life as that song's playing. <laughs> yeah, right? Maybe that's why it's one of my favorites. Uh, we also have as the the last song we're gonna go ahead and play today is uh, Train Ride to Hell. This is mm-hmm. the like the train level in the yeah, game. Yeah, this later is on. This, this is if I'm not mistaken, what plays when you fight General Rom at the end of the game. Oh, nice, nice. And he's like the final boss. Yeah, of he's Gears he's one. you. What's interesting is you think playing through the game that this guy is the end all be all this like this is a dude who shows up at the end of chapter one kills a major character and you're like oh this is this is the dude we got to watch up this is the leader we take him out we're good uh-huh and then you find out afterwards like no that guy was like a pawn like he was like a <laughs> a general in the army but not anywhere near at the top of the food chain gotcha gotcha let's go ahead and give uh a train ride to hell a listen
this song is so good. I, you know, it's interesting because it reminds me of like something you'd hear in like a war movie. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the music I feel like in Gears of War has that feel of like, you know, oh, is this from like a creepy version of Saving Private Ryan? <laughs> like Saving Private Ryan with zombies. You know, that's almost what the soundtrack reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a really good sound, and it's like having not played the original Gears of War in a very long time. I've, mm-hmm. I've gone back and played the Ultimate Edition, which is like a, a polished up version for it for the Xbox One, but I never, mm-hmm. I haven't finished that one yet. That's something that I'll probably need you to jump on and play at some point. Happy to help. I'm always <laughs> looking for co-op with Gears of War, and Man. for some reason that's yeah. the hardest game to get people to always play. Always count on me for Gears. Everybody's like, oh, I love Gears of War, I love Gears of War. Great, we should play Gears of War. Oh, no, I gotta do <laughs> So, a special shout out to The Glitch and uh, friend of the show, BMC, for jumping on a couple weeks ago, or about a week ago, and playing Horde yeah, Mode Waves 1 through 50. Four. So good. Gears of War 4, we went all through the entire wave. Nice! Yeah, of, uh, nice. I gotta play that more often. Yeah, Horde, Horde mode was definitely my favorite uh, part of uh, the series, and that was uh, the our fourth was my buddy uh, who was the best man in my life. Oh yeah, yep, Beef nice. Hammer, good old Beef Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Love that name. <laughs> Love that name. I do too. I, uh, I uh, tell you what though, guys, what are your kind of last parting thoughts on Gears of War One? I'll let Tony go first. I mean, I, I said it earlier. It, it essentially brought me back into gaming. Without it. I probably wouldn't be playing anything other than uh, NES. I mean, I, kinda, I guess I kind of just play NES games anyways, but <laughs> uh, at Xbox 360 was one of my favorite systems, uh, probably top three for me, and it's got an amazing library. Gears mm-hmm. of War was the reason I got the system. Mm-hmm. For me, Gears of War 1, I, I mean, Gears of War 2 is where I started getting into the series, so Gears of War 1 I don't have as much uh, uh, you know, appreciation for, and you know, every time I'd be watching my friends play this game and fighting these like mole people and stuff, I would just think of the mole man or mole master or whatever from like Fantastic Four comics with like mm-hmm. the green robes and these goofy sunglasses. And I would just think like, that's going to be the final boss. And this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra, what about you, though? Uh, in a similar vein, I always uh, I always think of the clerks animated cartoon uh-huh. when uh when the Motaba virus comes out <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, Dante's parents have to give him words of encouragement and his dad's like barely paying attention and the mom like slaps him and goes, uh, give those mole people hell, son. <laughs> so I think of that line specifically, give those mole people hell whenever, <laughs> whenever it's time to play online. But I, yeah, like I said, I love this series. It's one of my, it's one of the only games that I still look forward to for online multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Like, Overwatch is fun every once in a while, and I got I dove really deep into that for a while. But Gears of War is the one that keeps coming back. Like I'm always yeah. like, oh, I need I need to get back in and play some Gears. And I wish I wish there were more people who played it. Like there's mm-hmm. a ton of people who play Gears of War for the story. Like I know Grim bought bought it day one and played through the story, and I don't think he's touched it since. Yeah, and I'm, which is a bummer because I bought my Xbox One for Gears of War four because I knew he had it, and we still to this day haven't played it. And it's Aww. like four years later. <laughs> um. I'm right here, Xander. I know. Just, I know. I need to just, just realize. Send me a text. I'm like, yes, let's the, do it. The best thing in life is right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here all along. So if you are a fan of Gears of War and you want to play with us, let us know because we need more people to play. We've got five slots for Horde mode. We've got at least three of us. BMC may, may come or go. It was his first time playing. He had fun. I don't know that he'll, if he'll dive back out of it, but at least there's going to be always you, me, and Beef Hammer. <laughs> that relation. might be that might be a new '96. <laughs> <laughs> you, me, and Beef Hammer. 
I'll tell you what, guys. Let's go ahead and jump into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Retro relapse. Glitch, you, you. I can't tell if you were being a very pious man with this choice, or a, or if you were being very sacrilegious. You chose Bible Adventures for the Nintendo. Yeah, uh, Bible Adventures. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I figured you guys were wanting to just play through some stories from the Bible. We, look, video games are a road straight to the devil. <laughs> I think we all know this. <laughs> so it was nice to have a wholesome change every, in our lineup. Every time uh, uh, Bible verses were read uh, when we played this game, uh-huh. I could feel my skin boiling. Yeah. Is that natural? Did that happen to you guys too? No, I actually oh. felt lighter. and Oh. I felt it was like a pressure on my chest. It was like... It didn't hurt, but it was just like reassuring, like a hug. Yeah, no, mine was skin boiling. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's normal. There was a thunderstorm as we left that day. <laughs> but only around the glitch's house. <laughs> Says a lot, right? Yeah. Uh there's three different games you could play. Uh-huh. So each of you played a different game. Yep. Uh, you could play as uh Baby Mo, uh, the mother of Baby Moses, trying uh-huh. to get Moses uh, mm-hmm. across the Nile. I suppose I don't there know. There was Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. Uh-huh. Where you had to get two of every animal, and then David and Goliath. Which uh, so, Craig, you played David and Goliath. You were just uh, chops played David and Goliath. Yeah, I think I did Noah's Ark. You did Noah's I? Ark. Oh no! I, wait, no, no. You were right. Yeah, that's right. You were. But you also collect animals. So yeah, that yeah, one you're just collecting. That's right. That's right. You're I got just collecting sheep, apparently. Yeah, and you could just carry them in, in a stack, like. Just one on top of each other. <laughs> David is ripped. No wonder he's going to take Goliath down. Um, he had to find four sheep to get out of the first level. Um, do, do you want my my honest answer, or do you want the uh, I don't want to go to heck answer? <laughs> Let's hear both. Um, I don't go to just heck do, answer. No, no, don't tell us which one it is. Just give it to us and see if we can guess. Sure. Uh, the game was trash. That's your honest opinion. Yeah, it is. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely correct. Uh, Go figure. Yeah, it was not fun. It was not good. The controls are really crummy and, like, loose, and and it's hard to, like, land on platforms, and it's very frustrating. Yeah, every time you, I think every time you jump, the stack that you were carrying falls off your hands. So you Mm -hmm. gotta pick it back up every time you jump. It was very, very frustrating. What about, what game did you play again? I played uh, Baby Moses. That was probably the most fun one because I think it was the shortest <laughs> one, and it was like you died. Like the only other, we didn't die in any of the others, even though you were being trampled by bears and <laughs> other animals. But like mine, you had guards chasing you with spears. Yeah, and it was a little weird. Yeah, compared to the other ones, and you start right by the river, and apparently that's not where Moses goes, even though I'm pretty sure that's where Moses goes. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. I feel like they they really padded out that Bible story to make this uh, that uh, mini game. Yeah, A for effort, but uh, F for execution. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so what what do you guys give the the game? I'm gonna give it a one point five, and only because I don't I mean, want to give it a playable. one and go, and go to hell. <laughs> I mean, it's playable. I I would give it a probably a two out of eight. It's it's not good, but it's not like unplayable. It's just you know sloppy controls and and you know weird execution and i mean let's face it it's not like you know it, I, we know the results of the game we know how it's going to end 
it's going to be a, a an, an ending where you accept Jesus into your life. And uh, that's the gimmick of the game. It, it's, a, it's a Christian video game made by a company called Wisdom Tree. I, I do think it's funny they had like all these uh, parts, scripts of the Bible. And you would pick up like these tablets and it'd have parts of the Bible mm-hmm. that you had to read off. And Xander was very wanting to read all of them every time he approached one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that, I, I work at a church. My wife is, is an ordained minister. Like, mm-hmm. I got some kind of connection to this game. <laughs> sure, sure. So I'm going to give this game John 3.16. And that is? The score that I'm giving yeah, it 16 out of 8. Yeah. <laughs> 16 out of 8. No, no 3.16. Yeah. Oh, 3.16 yeah. out of 8. Yeah. I'll accept that. Only this time. <laughs> I thought, man, you really don't want to go to heck if you're giving it a 16 out of 8. I mean, maybe that's what I should have said. I give it a, I give it a 6.66 out of 8. <gasps> that's what I probably... Never mind. Uh, I tell yeah, you what, it's a, it, if you uh, jump on YouTube, you can watch us play this. It's it's an interesting watch. It's fun. It, yeah, it's anytime we don't have guests, we put our retro relapses up on YouTube, mm-hmm. which you can find at our, our Gamezilla Media YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you want them early, you can get them early. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, over on our Patreon page, if you go to Patreon.com/slash/GamezillaMedia, you're going to be able to support us even for just as low as one dollar a month you get early access to the uh, uh retro relapse videos and another perk which we'll talk about in a few moments because we have our character theme bracket competition going on and as far as that goes i i mean th- this is to me this is a great lineup of songs but i feel like one is going to be more dominant than the other yeah this is gonna be one of those landslides we've experienced a couple times so far yeah so for those of you who are uh patreon members um of five dollars or more, you've gotten our uh, Game Shark episode where we did a draft. Yeah. So unlike previous uh, seasons, where for our our uh, brackets at the end of the episodes, we've just kind of like each made a list and then I've rolled dice at random to put them in. Yeah. This time we had like there were four of us. We did our top eight and uh, we seeded them appropriately. Uh-huh. Yep. And, uh huh. And it leads to some massacres. It does. It really does. Uh, now, I'm hoping it's not a massacre this time because uh, uh, I, I really enjoy both these themes. But uh, first up, we have a theme from Xenogears of the character known as Groff. And this song is called Groff, Emperor of Darkness. And let's go ahead and give it a listen.
How wonderfully menacing is that song? <laughs> How so, amazingly dark. I know three things about Xenogears. Uh-huh. You pilot giant robots. Yep. Uh, there's a character named Id. Uh-huh. And that theme. You're not, that's really all you need. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Groff is an awesome villain in the game. Very cool. The, the story is super convoluted in Xenogears. It's it's kind of hard to follow sometimes. But uh, there is one other thing that you know about Xenogears, and that is its composer, Yasunori mm-hmm. Mitsuda, who is going up in this bracket, or in this uh, uh, round of the bracket, Against Yasunori Mitsuda. Mm. We have the theme of Frog from Chrono Trigger, which... The OG Legend of Retro Bracket winner. It is. Yeah, the, the first bracket competition was uh, not music. It was uh, he- uh, heroes. RPG protagonist. Yeah, if you yeah. want to go back and listen to the Frog special, it came out on February 1st of 2016. Oh, so good memory. And, uh, <laughs> it was. I just looked it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, that was with Xander Chaps and Craig. Yeah, in... Uh, Episode 81. Episode eighty one, man. Episode eighty one. Uh, yeah, it was it was a ton of fun talking about. I mean, that's two thousand sixteen. That's way too far back. Two thousand eighteen. <laughs> that was just last year. Yeah. Wait, last year really? The beginning of last year. Yeah. The brackets usually take about six months, huh. so you got to figure we're in our fourth yeah, bracket. Season four, yeah. Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Technically, our third bracket, but because we didn't do one for season one, technically. Oh yeah. So right. This is our fourth bracket. That's what I said, yeah. right? Yeah. This is our third. Isn't it? No, fourth this is our fourth. Se- fourth season, third bracket? We're fourth in, season, we're in third our fifth bracket. season right Oh, we're in now. season, oh, season five. five. That's right. Right, yeah. right, right, yep. right, yeah. LOL. Okay. <laughs> so let's go ahead. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Listen to Frog's theme. feeling that one i i really am it's <laughs> it's an amazing theme the theme of frog is is great it was oh, a yeah. dirty move making that the very first pick whoever did that <laughs> so if you'd like to go ahead and vote on your favorite themes for this bracket make sure to go ahead and join us on our facebook page our twitter account we also have a vote on the discord if you join us there if you go to gamezillamedia.com you'll get the link to our discord and to top it off, if you're a member of Patreon for just as low as $1 a month, you're going to have that extra vote in the bracket. And if that uh, uh, draft you know, uh, uh, episode sounded really intriguing to you of Game Shark, our monthly bonus show through Patreon, if you give $5 a month, 
then you'll have access to that episode as well as all of our old episodes, which is episodes where we're like going through old instruction manuals, talking about our top five Konami games, tons of stuff that you'll have access to. And so I think that you guys will really, really get a kick out of all that uh, content we have. But, and it's uh, not just us, it's everybody else on the GameZilla network. That's right. Uh, so you have the behind-the-scenes show, like Noobs and Dragons, uh, from Noobs and Dragons. You have uh, the Noiseland Arcade bi-monthly specials that we do. Tons Smart of, Line, right? Smart Line, yep. yeah, exactly. Uh, so the Last Action Podcast has a show that they put out. GameZilla has their pre-show uh, yep. uh, special every week that goes up there. So, I mean, there's tons of stuff that you'll have access to. So, you know, if you're considering supporting uh, Legend of Retro by extension GameZilla Media, you're going to have a ton of content that you'll have access to if you do so. So, by all means, go ahead and do so. We definitely appreciate it. You know, we couldn't be doing the show without our patrons. But yeah, It uh, helps, helps keep the lights on and the computer's working. It mm-hmm. really does. It really, really does. Uh, but I tell you what, guys, let's go ahead and uh, wrap up today's episode. Uh, we're going to go ahead and see you all next time when, when the, the legend continues. continues.